0: I've said that leaving Surfer at the end of 1990 was like shedding a skin. But thinking it over these past few days, I'm more aware than ever that Surfer, in fact, moved into me like a DNA transduction. I left Surfer, but Surfer never left me. From the Encyclopedia of Surfing, I'm Tyler Brewer in Brooklyn. And I'm Jamie Brewer in London. This is The Sunday Joint, where we roll up Matt Warshaw's weekly newsletter for a deep inhale of surfing's past, present, and future. a special guest for this episode sir can you introduce yourself
2: i'm matt warsaw from seattle thanks for having me guys
0: and who who are we just listening to
2: oh that was um that was a uh, that was the song the end
0: the Uh, end by
2: on side two of uh, abbey road by the beatles and um that was a great that was a great pick by you tyler because um (laughs) (laughs) that was a great pick so the 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 beatles were john's favorite john severson surfer magazine founder john severson that was his favorite band and that was his favorite album by his favorite band and that uh abbey road was supposed to be the soundtrack for pacific vibrations his last movie Really? Um, in fact what i heard is that they did a whole version of the movie with abbey road as the as the soundtrack thinking they would get the rights (laughs) well no believe it or not in six in the 60s it seemed it's kind of seemed possible like um but it 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 proved not to be possible and and then so all, all the music got pulled out and john had to hustle around and get other music i mean he got crosby stills nash and young and he got steve miller cream right didn't got cream so he did get a lot of heavy hitters but he didn't get he didn't get the beatles he didn't get abbey road but surfer's gone and we're gonna we're going to, uh, I mean, I think picking that song, which is uh, poetically enough called The End, is um, the, the way to go out.
0: I, I agree. So on this episode, our world is shaken to its core and it'll never be the same. On October 2nd, 2020, Surfer magazine folded. The staff technically furloughed, print production suspended, and 60 years of history relegated to the archives. Print is dead. Surfer Magazine is gone. Long live Surfer Magazine. Jamie, Matt, and myself, we're going to sit here and reflect on the influence, the love, and memories of this cultural glue we called Surfer Magazine. Now, I wanted to just do a quick quote here from John because I love this quote. Um, And it's not the the, the famous quote, actually. It's from an interview you did, Matt. I I really enjoyed this uh, quote from John. I wanted everyone, everybody to feel included, John Severson told Matt Warshaw in 1995, when he asked him why he originally called the magazine, the surfer quote, I felt like we were, we were something, we were all going, it was something we were all going to do together. And then you wrote in your Sunday joint, the last uh, cover title of surfer magazine 'We're in this together. Incredibly is the lone cover blurb on the issue and uh you know it has some symmetry and full circle-ness and it's sad but it's kind of interesting how that kind of works um what what were your first thoughts matt when you heard the news where were you what how did you did you come about the information and what 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 first entered your mind when you heard surfer had had folded
2: i i i mean i don't I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling like, ber- especially bereaved by it, because it's been sort of hanging by a thread for quite a while. I, yeah, I think I put in the joint that um, when Surfer got sold to um, American Media, the company that owns National Enquirer, I think yeah, American that Media that motherfucker,
0: is just, right? That's so I think motherfucker. that motherfucker.
2: I know. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of thought at that point everybody thought at that point, I think that it was that. that, But you know, even before that, a few years ago, it had been sold a couple of other times, I think.
0: Yeah, the 10 and
2: every time it was sold, the uncertainty just kind of kept going up and up and up. And I remember um, having a talk with uh, Todd Perdonovich, who was the last, (laughs) the last editor for surfer. Um, and he would call me now and then and say you know he, he he didn't quite know what to do with it right now not not just from all the t- times it had been sold but because uh digital was just taking over and if you think about you guys like you know what we all I didn't know you guys back then but I know that you guys were big fans of the magazine like in the late 80s and, and early 90s and stuff so when there's this connection because I know that I guess jamie you were you were a subscriber going way back right and
3: yeah. My first issue was, um, 60, uh, no, the 60, <laughs> 86. And it was, uh, it was the, the California issue with, um, actually, I think they just announced that Tom Curran had just won the world title. in it. So,
2: and then Tyler, you, you came along not not long after, but you know, back then what we were getting out of magazines was, um, um, contest stuff, the travel stuff. Um, there was no t- surfing on cable, you know, surfing wasn't on TV yet. And, or it wasn't it wasn't on it didn't have
0: its own it was own. about but, to it was super it was about to but even out.
2: that was it's still once a week so in other words we were really depending on the magazines for a lot of stuff and you could just see all that dropping away as as digital got better and better and better and um you didn't need let you know letters to the editor it didn't you know we had we had threads instead of letters letters to the editor and and it, it it hit a sort of existential crisis way before COVID hit or way before Surfer got sold to American media, which is like, what's, what? what is the point of the magazine right now? I don't mean that rhetorically. I mean like really, what is, you know, what are you supposed to do with it? And I don't think they ever solved it, not just Surfer, but print hasn't really solved that question yet. So Tyler, back yeah. to your question. I, you know, I wasn't surprised that it happened. Um, this sounds really almost flipped but it, what it felt like to me was like uh, an uncle I hadn't seen for a long time that I really liked died. I hear off, you know, from, oh, my uncle died. Yeah. I hadn't seen him for a while. I, I mean, I have all these surfers here that the last few that I've gotten that I've kind of looked through and set them aside because I'm too busy. I'm probably too busy going online to look at stuff, you too know? busy
0: but, uh, coming yeah. on to podcasts and uh, other stuff. Right, you know? right. So <laughs> I don't know. Um
2: I did spend a lot I spent a lot all week sort of thinking about the period of surfer that I'm the most fond of which was 69 to 72 and then The period at surfer when I was there, which was 86 to 90, but I think you know, I think I put in my joint like everyone's relationship with it is different. So you're having your thoughts about what it meant, you know, I mean, you know, you're having your thoughts about what it meant to uh, Have surfer in your life and and Jamie's having his and for all of us. It feels like a loss. Definitely.
3: It, yeah i mean that's a like a big question is you know where where's surfing's go-to place oh and not even before surfer you know that became defunct where is surfing's go-to place to connect to check in on what's going on in surf you know like a lot of times like you know i get up in the morning and i think right i just want to connect to the world somehow and you know so go into the bbc website it's oh, but that's news you know <laughs> I want a right. nice place to connect <laughs> and yeah it's where is that place now <laughs> yeah but surfer it's called been instagram no, no surfer surfer. surfer that... <laughs> it, it was that place back when i was you know i'd say up until or for me up until around the turn of the century when a new issue would come out it was like ah connect to the greater surfing world
2: but my point would be then you're saying that it's been almost 20 years since a magazine was that thing for you right yeah so yeah i Yeah, I agree. I don't know if, I don't know if we need that place anymore or if it's, I I don't, I think about that too, Jamie. I don't know what the next. um...
0: I, I think they, there's, I take a more critical stance for sure. I, I feel like the publishers, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years were somewhat negligent on how they managed the magazine.
3: Yeah, you've I had think, a lot of
0: ideas for what, if you were I've, a surfer, you would have. I pitched done some to cool Tony things. Perez in 2010. I pitched to Tony Perez, who was the publisher of Surfer Magazine. Uh, he was sponsoring our New York Surf Film Festival at the time. We did a big dinner with the tourism board for the Dominican Republic, the marketing end of JetBlue. We organized this big kind of dinner. And I brought a friend who who was building apps for huge companies, like uh, everyone from Time Out New York on to whatever. Like he was building these incredible apps. And it was right when the iPad came out too. That was the year the iPad came out, 2010. I said to Tony Perez, "Yo, I got this app guy. We have this idea. I think we can create multiple revenue streams for Surfer. We, you know, we create an app surfer you do your video those videos link to the the yeah. surf trip they're on the cloth the clothing they're wearing the boards they're riding all that stuff you could buy it right through surfer do all this no. sort of stuff create lots of content you know what that guy said to me he goes yeah but no one's gonna have an ipad no one not everyone's gonna have an ipad
1: everyone's no, gonna was, need a print.
0: A, it was, was just over? like dude are you freaking dumb do you not see the world like it was so aggravating for me to leave that and be like these guys they're gonna blow it there's they're lazy i would say people in that area just got way too comfortable and surfing this is i'm getting on my high horse here sorry but I have to because it, it I think there's a negligence, and I don't blame the yep. editorial staff by the no, way. no,
2: it never was the editorial staff it was the it was the layer above
0: it always. was the it was always a publisher, and these publishers you know were lazy, not, and not even the publisher sometimes it was
2: the the people above the, the owner because because when Brendan Thomas was publisher at surfer. He wanted. He had some great ideas. He knew. He, Brendan Thomas was, I think, the last best chance where Surfer yeah. could have pivoted and done something right. Yeah. And he, you know, he beat his head against the wall so hard that he quit and went over to Surfer's Journal. That's why Brendan's at Surfer's Journal. And yeah, Brendan for a couple of years was absolutely convinced that Surfer Magazine was going to follow these obvious things like what you've just said mm-hmm. and save itself. and yeah. they, And he said every time they they t- they went the wrong direction they went the re- they went they went the uh I you
0: know. I would argue because uh the certain heads were in Southern California and they were sucking on the OC teat, if uh I to mm-hmm. quote Tom Curran uh <laughs> <laughs> um, i've never heard that one before you didn't hear that about clinging to orange county teat how he was clinging to that back in like 97 no no curran also curran wrote an article about it because he was talking about how he was smoking he? cigarettes living yeah. in southern california he was sponsored drinking, by, like, coffee. Sunok, <laughs> drinking coffee exactly um can but, i just
3: interrupt <laughs> yeah go ahead.
0: one time when i was a kid
3: sal- the t- first time i ever heard like sucking on a tit as a metaphor was Salvador Paskowitz told me that he didn't it, you know um Dorian his dad you know Paskowitz is, Dr. Paskowitz Dr. Paskowitz he didn't want them living off the mother tit of society yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so
0: cool <laughs> anyway. but the thing is I think there's there's a certain complacency that comes with particularly in the last 20 years maybe and and this is sorry for a lot of my brethren over there and friends but southern california breeds a certain amount of complacency you have good waves most of the time it's not terribly cold not terribly hot most of the time it's pretty even you know for the most part i would say because they should have hired people from the east coast or people from wave starved regions or places that were not complacent with surfing who appreciate it more I think. think, Yeah. You know, I think there could have been that the 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 necessity breeds evolution, you know, and when you're complacent, you're not going to evolve. And I think people who come from more wave star regions are much more enthusiastic and maybe, you know, this is total generalization for all our listeners. I'm totally talking out my ass, but I, I think this is my theory, at least. But this is a
2: perfect segue to um, something I wanted to say about John Severson, because uh, so John Severson, for those who are um, too young to remember, but he was the founder of Surfer, of course, 1960. And um, to your point, first Tyler, it's so hard when you're the established big brand to change. It's so hard, but John himself did it in 67, and 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 all of the. deserved praise that John gets for his artistry and for his business sense and for his... Um, he had a, uh, an amazing array of, of skills, movies, magazines, he could write, he could edit, he could, he could graphic design. Um, but the thing that he did that when I think back at Surfer that was the most impressive of all was in 19, I don't know if it was six, late 67 or early 68, when Surfer, even then, was the established magazine. Everybody, you know, Surfer was already international. Um, it, it had already done big issues and and um, it was, it was the magazine and it was on perfectly sound. Uh, it was making, it made money from issue one. It was just a, you know, it was a small little, moneymaker and um, in 67 briefly surfing got really good so surfing magazine had been around three or four years and they hadn't done much um but there was a couple of new hires made a great new art director and all of a sudden surfing in 67 was looking really good and i don't know if it was that or if it was um that um i'm not sure what happened but anyway john i think knew that john was golfing he bought a mercedes um he was living up in a uh like a develop a gated development he meets drew campion this is the story anyway and, and uh drew gets john high john grows a mustache hires <laughs> drew overnight nice. oh, right Her, Her.
0: after right after taking that puff all of a sudden no, the mustache, no, the mustache just
2: popped out it was like a, it was like if you've <laughs> ever seen yellow submarine when like you know the <laughs> Everything went colorful behind them, and everything. But
3: there's one and two kids out there.
2: John took his magazine that was already. Uh, it was a success. It didn't need to change. It didn't. It didn't. There was no obvious need for it to change. And John uh, hired Drew. Hired a new art director. Uh, hired Art Brewer. And in about three issues, just Chances. reinvented the magazine completely. I mean start to finish mostly by just throwing the keys to Drew Campion in terms of what the magazine was going to be and he just went from a little sort of cool looking sports magazine to this countercultural icon and those those issues of Surfer from 60 uh late 68 to early 72 are the if that's the gold you know that's the golden age of Surfer the it, it was funny it was beautiful it was experimental um and uh and john did that john took this thing that it was already fine no need for change really and changed it anyway because it was t- he just knew that it was time to do that he,
0: he made it political too by the absolutely. way.
2: absolutely but that's saying like so john did it. it john proved that that could be done and then carson david carson did it again in 91 that
0: With was just Steve the, hawk just a sign of it Steve hawk some 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 credit though
2: well, what I'm saying is that Steve, Steve wasn't radical. Steve, that that's a different thing. What I'm saying is, like, uh, Surfer had the guts to hire Carson to throw out a look and do something different. So Surfer had a track record of changing to fit the period, but they couldn't do it in the last ten years when they when they really really needed to do it. They couldn't do it. Can I
3: ask a question? When when Steve Hawk, because that was that's probably the last time they did a major change. Um, <laughs> And where they did it based on their guts rather than, um, you know, on their business instinct. At the time, why was it? Why were
2: they able to do that?
3: And Brendan Thomas wasn't.
0: Esmond sold it, right? Right then.
2: Um, No. Well, first of all, Steve never owned it. He was just the publisher. But Steve Hawk and David Carson are two different things entirely. They just happened to. it just happened to happen at the same year. So I left Surfer in the end of 1990 and. Steve Pezman, and I hired Hawk to replace me. Um, And and just at the meantime, David Carson was already working at Surfer at a magazine called Beach Culture. And actually, I take that back, maybe maybe Hawk did convince Pezman to um, hire Carson, but Steve Hawk himself wasn't especially radical. He was just incredibly competent. Like, so there's two, there's two great editors in Surfer history, I think. Yes one it wasn't different. i wasn't even close i'm not even in the top five
0: i will put matt in there as an no, honorary
2: no but uh drew campion was the first and steve hawk was the other one and, and they're two And then
3: paul holmes members. of course
2: what's that paul holmes number three maybe But uh, those guys are two really different great editors campion was camp okay chortle yeah,
3: <laughs> get us get out back um, to what you say.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, if we were off camera, it'd be funny to talk about there were some editors that were so there were some editors and I, I don't want to speak poorly of the yeah. dead. but There was an editor right before Campion whose name was um, Patrick McNulty, who was a, right. who was a great guy
0: Who's, whose kids grew into some good surfers.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But so Patrick McNulty would show up at surfer pole like in 66 or seven in a tie and <laughs> get a crew cut. And so it's almost like in and, and, and there's one issue where Patrick McNulty and Drew Campion are, are the co-editors. You could just basically it's just as you can see Drew coming up with his elbow (laughs) and just throwing Patrick McNulty overboard, which he should, you know, it had to happen. (laughs) But, but Drew was this editor who, who um, you didn't, you, you really noticed him. And the magazine was a reflection of Drew. Everything from the cover blurbs to the, the subscription ads to all the articles, to whoever was writing, Drew just pulled every string. I mean, and it all sounded like Drew. Yeah, I read that like John
3: Severson said that if Drew Campion basically said it's all or nothing, like if you stop me, I'm walking away. And John Severson said, I had to basically just let him do what he wanted, even though it was a bit uncomfortable for him.
2: Well, and and John said that his own sister, it was so uh, horrified. (laughs) Yeah. Drew was doing that uh, she's canceled her subscription. Um, then Steve Hawk, the other one I wanna talk about real quick was um, very behind the scenes. And Steve Hawk was not, he didn't remake the magazine in his, in his own image. You know, he, he was just good at every aspect of, uh, of editing that magazine. And, and, you know, the mix of articles was good.
0: Um, he brought journalism to it he yeah he really he embodied what real surf journalism is not chaz smith's journalism but like right Right. what he did and and the the magazines he did were were great they were insightful they were sharp they had political commentary they were definitely you know uh they were real journalistic pieces a lot of the articles felt like you could read them in a proper magazine not just a right. surf magazine they were very yeah. well done and they, this... they took on topics too that weren't always discussed everything from your feminist you know right. story to right. the comedy issue making fun of the brands that supported them even like right. it was very smart it, it was a smart magazine all yeah. through the 90s i think
3: but um yeah, yeah. But yeah. why why were they allowed cuz but, but especially okay. the day publisher paladini was great yeah was i guess amazing. that's the question like back to david carson that was the real radical change because actually oh, i would not yeah so yeah. The, so the
2: change the change was just in a way it was just a skin because because all of the writers steve hawk was um before and after david carson was steve hawk so steve had a few issues before david carson came on and did a whole tons of them after carson wasn't there that long yeah. It was more the, the point I guess I was trying to make with Carson was just that surfer at that point was still open to taking risk uh chances and and superficially in any way or at least outwardly the Carson thing was the was looked like the most radical change surfer made, you know.
0: I I and remember I, the comments coming in after the oh, first yeah. the, the I, first cover change with Richard no, not Richard Schmidt. it was um donovan oh no uh it was, no no it was the aussie uh why uh, sean, sean monroe sean monroe thank right. you damn right. kidman would have kicked my ass if i missed that one
2: yeah uh, that would have been a good stump yeah. i remember um just despising carson's work when it when i first saw it um partly because if you were a writer
0: he, he was so up your blurbs <laughs> he was
2: so he was so um he would take text columns and he would xerox them so the text itself was hard to read so everything was in service to, to the design and and i do think that was a, a sort of a mistake on carson's part but from go i went from not liking david's work to as the years went i, I wasn't even aware of this but it, you know that when i go back and look at it, it it grew on me to a point now where when i look at those early issues of surfer they just sit they seem incredibly uh uh progressive and forward and just what the magazine needed and if you and, and furthermore if you go back to the issues just prior to that mm-hmm. it's some of the worst you know i mean it's worst some of the that is design that surfer had, had done so no offense i, I, I know i uh that's uh <laughs> the, you, that's you the know what I, though
0: you know what matt the 1990 surfers poll cover still one of my favorites Remind me which one? Is Curran's that? on the cover, Black Frame, Curran wins oh, Surfer Pole, 1990. Yeah, no, I, that he's. It's it. just, to me, like, it's still, that that issue is really important. The Richard yeah. Schmidt, David Carson cover. That, to me, is one of the greatest covers of Surfer ever. And the at, reason at, be... At the Eddie, you mean like... Yeah, the, at the Eddie, the, eddy, grade, the a, big wave. It's yeah. because he's wearing a hood on, uh, no. a warm hat on... <laughs> is it's a ton of negative space it's not filled yeah. in it's it lets the image breathe and that was what david carson did to i would argue david designed the best some of the best covers of surfer yes. um you know inside was was always a little weird and odd the surfer pulled 1991 one was a weird one with the cartoon drawings yeah. of the pros i didn't like that but the covers always had some sort of sheen or look to it that I wanted to pick it up, although yeah. Tyler I wanted to like, pick it up
3: I was just reading uh, your interview, Matt with David Carson, and he said that the covers were um, a lot of times they had toned his covers down didn't yeah. they it's it's <laughs>
2: funny because if I mean they should have let David run riot on the cover, and they should have toned it like yeah were, he was he the opposite the where he didn't get toned down was in the inside, and that 's where they should have um because the mm. They should have let him do whatever he wanted on the cover um yeah, the beach culture covers were amazing
0: they I were thought crazy that. right yeah
2: <laughs> they really
3: stopped you yeah. in your tracks
2: I, I remember uh when stab first came out and they were just doing covers
0: that were clearly um, david carson-esque
2: no no not carson-esque no? In, in in the execution but just uh really taking chances like we're like there's some there's some stab covers that are that are it's really hit or miss. Some of them are awful and some of the, but the good ones are so weird and far out that you'd never, and I go, well, that's what they should do. They should be, you should, you know,
0: t- it's a niche sport. We should be experimenting, you know? So going,
2: getting back to that, and I know we're, we're not going at any kind of rhyme or reason, but I was thinking back to that period of surfer covers that I love. And, and actually, so that period from 68, 68 to 72, but even going before that. So that was the thing that, um, Severson started. He did a cover once that was, uh, he did I think a woodblock of a surfer dropping into a wave all stretched out. It's like, you know, he, Severson must have made a, you know, woodblock something and he just pressed it down and he, there's this cover and it's, and it's a woodblock and he did a cover of just a piece of art of three surfers laying around their boards and uh, um, he got a big award for that one.
3: Yeah. He got a big award for that one. For the art cover. It's just a piece of the one with the three surfers lying around and it's where they're really abstract and the the surfboards look like modern pointy short surfboards. I mean,
2: one of my, I think one of the best covers they ever did, but who would, you know, who would think to take an oil painting and put it on the cover of a surf magazine. So John was doing that. And then, um, some of the covers that came in that period that I love so much, there was, and a little bit after too, uh, one of the covers was a body surfer, you know, surfers yeah. and that was Pesman's doing. And one of the covers they did in uh 72 or thereabouts was uh, a boat, a boat wake breaking on the beach, like a little mm. tiny, it's this tiny little way that you can't tell. Oh, it's I tiny. know
0: that one. I know that one. It's just sm- yeah. oil glass too. And, then, and one of them is just
2: this golden shot of a silhouette of a surfer walking up the beach. And there was, they didn't, you know, there was a whole period in, um, 69 and 70 where they didn't run any cover blurbs and there was other cover blurbs they did that were drew campion just having fun. There was my favorite cover blurb of all time was the first annual end of the world issue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We could use um, that right
0: now. Couldn't we?
2: Yeah. Right. So actually now it wouldn't be so funny. Um, But but yeah, there, you know, there was just this period uh, for a long time of, of, of uh, taking chances. I don't put, I don't put all of the blame um, on the administration because I also think that having people come along like Campion or Severson uh, or Carson or Hawk, you don't get, you don't get people that, well, no, see, again, Steve, I wouldn't keep, I wouldn't put Steve Hawk in there because Steve Hawk never didn't see sliding Hawk was, him
0: again. Jeez. I'm not sliding. I know along. he <laughs> was your, he was your replacement and all, but you don't have to be so bitter about it. <laughs>
2: Steve Hawk was the, um, like the, the John Havlicek of, uh, <laughs> where, uh, I can't wait to where, interview him in one day. Where like, um, where Drew Campion was more like the, like the Dr. J. Like, you yeah. know, you couldn't keep your eye. Like, you know, I mean, Steve Hawk was, you, you, you pick Steve first. If I were going to build a magazine, I would pick Steve before anybody. Cause he's going to keep it all together, but. The people that were gonna like the people that were gonna define it, you were were, were other was, was yeah. You know, that's all I'm saying. It's Carson, yeah. But they don't, and they don't come along that often. So it's like it. You could have had a situation where uh, in these past few years, even if the um, administration or 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 the, uh, the the very top level had been open to it, like I don't know who I would pick that would have done better. I you know they're, they're, you get those 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 talents are really really mm-hmm. rare. Those those you
0: know, well, I think Todd was working into a good direction. That uh, Todd Pradonovich was yeah. was doing. He was doing some thoughtful articles. Um, I think it, things were starting. I mean, let, can we talk about the last statement they made basically before they, they got the axe? Was they decided to to basically throw their hats in the ring and support one of the presidential candidates for the first time in Surfers' history? Uh, and supported Joe Biden and you know, Kamala Harris and quite the shitstorm on social media. And then the next day it shutters, which was such a weird uh, look and coincidental. And yeah. everyone should understand, I think it was very coincidental. It had nothing right. to do with the decision. Uh, but I think that was a pretty bold statement of Todd. Uh, you know, for these times where if you stick your neck out a little bit, you, you're, getting, you're getting a ton of hate mail.
2: But here's the, here's what I think that, and I'm glad Todd did that. He and I talked a little bit before he, he emailed me to ask if Surfer had ever endorsed and I had to go back and check and look and they didn't, they, you know, even, even when Campion was there and Nixon was running, they didn't, Surfer didn't endorse. Right. So that was a, I think that was a good call. I think I'm not sure Todd's really bright and actually Todd is really funny. um, But I'm not sure if, if Todd isn't almost, the tone for for 2020 he's so earnest and Mm -hmm. he's so um sort of it's a it's a strange it's a it's almost like a mismatch like to 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 be political you also need to be sort of speaking in a language that i don't think todd is totally fluent in i mean todd is just a straightforward nice earnest person and he Mm. should take that message that message would probably would have been i think better suited to something i think i was talking to somebody recently where i was saying like you know if you write for the nation or if you write for uh even the atlantic or something um so if you're going to be that person doing that in the surf world um you need to be somebody like campion who was political but he was also dancing all over the place when he was doing his politics so drew campion did a thing on presidential politics uh and it was a It was a look ahead to 1984 and it's a presidential campaign and it's a satire article and the end of the article, uh, Richard Roundhouse Nixon comes back out of nowhere and wins the presidency again. It was something totally silly. It was very political but it was completely satirical as well, right? And that's not Todd. Todd's really gonna just go absolutely earnest right at you straight and all his points were good. And I don't know if the style was right for 2020 and for the audience he's got. That's yeah, it. I
3: feel like I and, and probably mm. wouldn't, maybe not pull it off as well as Drew Campion did back then. But you can imagine Derek Riley doing something more yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, So maybe. You know, like, well, no, but with, with the humor and the reverence, but not quite. And, and actually, he does, he does communicate about politics in a way where you have to infer what he's really thinking, but he is addressing the subject.
2: Well, except for with both those, both those guys, and this is a, you know, probably a different episode, but with Charlie and Derek, their politics are center, I think, or Derek's politics are, I, you know, I don't know if they feel strongly about stuff one way or the other. I, I, I actually don't. More the humor the I feel there's more of a contrarian.
0: Thinking. I think they like to stay somewhat removed and don't commit totally to one side or the other. Yeah, when I, I think, think it, that- but
2: I also think that's tone deaf to be that person right now in this day and age. I think that you have to commit, and you have to, but you have to commit in a way where everyone still knows that you you still have a sense of humor and that you're not just. I mean, you know, you look at what, uh, um, with Stephen Col- how Stephen Colbert could do it or Jon Stewart could do yeah. it. You can, you can. Be, it, but again, it's so hard to do that. It's really, really hard to. But I, you know, uh. I think I think I think what Charlie's done, especially with some of the politics, has been like when Charlie earlier was was um, sort of supporting you know supporting of of the surfers in Orange County who weren't wearing masks, saying what great yeah. surfers they were, and and you kind of think, well, it's tongue in cheek, but it's also kind of not that funny, and I mm. uh, I don't know, it's hard. I, I, do you, know, do hard you think it was guys. a lot of those?
3: In, in, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, no, please. <laughs> just say I'm talking right now I'm talking <laughs> I, have a, I have the talking, I have the talking pen <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be as uh, like politely interrupt like Mike Pence would um, yeah. what do you that's mean he not politely
0: interrupt at all, well, anyway, it's, all it's all relative it's all relative isn't it we're not
3: going there um, do you think in one way it was easier like I don't think Drew Campion if there was a young Drew Campion now, I don't know if he would have been able to do it. And I'm asking what you think. Well, No, I'm not. I'm actually just telling you my opinion. <laughs> 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 oh, God. This is what I do all the time. This, Do you know, can I just interrupt again to say that this podcast is like therapy. You listen to it afterwards. You're like, oh, my God. Do I really? Is that? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, but back then, when Drew Campion did all that subversive kind of... Uh, counterculture kind of stuff surfing was shedding a lot of its old people yes the old god anyway and like surfer was just in a way they were leading but they were also reflecting what surfing Uh, yes this is a
2: great this is a great point and another reason why um the deck was stacked against todd Mm. is that i as much as i think that drew skewed he, he, he drew almost I've talked to randy rarick about this because randy Warrick, who was about drew's age was saying how much he sort of hated the whole that whole period and, and i remember when randy told me that i thought wow because i thought everybody believed and and was political and was um sort of riled up the way drew was about stuff and it turns out it it, it wasn't actually true there were still some center of the road or even some probably right leaning people i mean but but i do that that being said Surfing was a lot younger in 1970 or 71, 69. Surfers were all um, terrified of Vietnam on a personal level, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And so I do think that the whole sport skewed so much further left than it does now. So Drew was able to do that because I think his audience mostly... I'll just guess 80% of them was right there with them on all that. And and that's never, that was never going to be the case with, with Todd. And if you look at the comments section on, on, on beach grit, for example, you see guys in there that aren't, that are being funny, but also aren't masking the the fact that they're real, uh, uh, hardcore right wingers, you know? So it's sort of left and back, left and right on, on the beach grit thread. Um, In a way that you wouldn't have seen in Surfer Magazine letter columns in nineteen letters column in nineteen seventy.
3: Well, that kind of leads into a point where, it you know, the the question before you know, could there be? And you, Tyler, you said, is it it even necessary? Like, does there need to be? Could there be a Surfer Magazine in one form or another now, which speaks for everybody, or is it just is surfing just too broad a church now? It's It's too too broad broad a church. church. Yeah, totally. You're right.
0: I, think. <laughs> I, I do. I think it's, I think it, it's, 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 it's like skiing, Jamie. Uh, ski, surf, skiing is like, you have lots of niches. You have the people who do it for the weekend. You have some people who are pretty enthusiastic about it, but they go on the really nice trips. And then you have the people who are living on the mountains, living right. that lifestyle kind of core. And I think surfing is evolving into that type of thing where it's become so big in mass that it's niched out. Totally much bigger, I
3: mean, but although skiing like would probably have a much
0: narrower church because it,
3: you need a lot of money to ski. You can
0: right. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is the differentiation of skiers, right? Like you have your weekenders, you have your people who go three to four times a year, but then you have your no, core. Jamie's think... point is,
2: I think you're going to find a lot more, you're going to find le- skiing is relegated to people who can afford all the, the tickets and yeah. the gear and everything. So I, but I, but you're,
0: Whatever, Jamie.
2: Jamie's right again. So, what what, you know, for those keeping score, um, uh,
3: (laughs) oh my god, so many of my (laughs) dreams are coming true right now. Matt (laughs)
0: Warshaw's telling (laughs) time, Jamie. Jamie's point just live with me. My wife will do this all day long for you, (laughs) (laughs) Jamie.
3: Tell you that I'm wrong. That's why I love her.
0: Sorry. Keep going.
3: Tell, tell, chi- tell us more
2: about me. <laughs> uh, I was going to say uh, Jamie Jamie I think you're right you couldn't I think that if uh, if Drew Campion came out of uh, where was Drew from? He was <laughs> he would say I, I was right. sorry. Mute me. From the Midwest
3: somewhere I think.
0: Buffalo I thought yes. originally. Yes. Buffalo,
3: right? If well, uh, he if, his formative surfing years were around Malibu. Yeah. Right? But but he grew up originally from Buffalo. I think he
2: might have been a valley. He might i I'm not sure if he was a valley boy. If if Drew Campy in two thousand twenty showed up, I don't know if he he I, I'm sure he wouldn't get the platform, and find the audience that Drew Campy in sixty eight found. No, just no chance. The sport's too I, different.
0: I think what surfers should have been and what they should have evolved to is more news organization, less lifestyle. And I think they should be should have been reporting on what's happening, not just in Southern California, but what's happening around, around the world and pivoted to more digital nope. content reporting surf right. news. Because right now we get this, you know, again, the WSL owns that almost right now. No one right. else is doing that. No one reports proper surf news. Beatrice right. tabloid, Stab is features. No one does a daily news show what's happening i could see like a vice style or vox or something like that that type of graphic and animation video reporting what's happening uh fun facts about surfing interesting things interesting people it could have reflected surfing still yeah it really could have and i think they and this is my opinion my opinion alone and this has been i've had this idea for a long time Surfer, particularly, has always viewed surfing from a Southern California lens. And surf history has always been viewed from that lens. And it hasn't, you know, we would get the throwaway East Coast section. You never heard about the cultures (laughs) everywhere else. You you know, fuck, man. When we finally had an East Coast cover, you know, Chris Harmon got the cover of Surfer Magazine in 95, but they only gave it to the East Coast. And then they gave Ross Williams on the West Coast oh, that's so How weird. That? that yeah, it wasn't as lame like, as it
2: wasn't as lame as East Coast Surfer. Remember that pullout? Oh, I oh, love yeah, East Coast no. Surfer. I mean, it did, but it, it felt, do, you, do you know it why feels, they did it East insulting. Coast Surfer? Was just to get just to sort of ghettoize, placate us. Yeah, and I, I always, and I love the woman who did it, Lisa Roselli, is so mm. great. And
0: then and Amy but, Van Sant, right answer. But they right gave after.
2: her the. They gave her no budget. They gave early you got it you know it was kevin welsh
0: too by the way
2: yeah that that, you know that thing was i always was kind of i felt bad for the people working on it i felt bad for us putting that out because it just looks so
0: (laughs) it was it was pathetic i mean it looked looked condescending it was very paternalistic but you you know know, we should
2: i don't want to there's so many ways i could make fun of surfer no but i I don't want to
0: I'm not. I'm not begging. But this is no. part of the part of the reason of the downfall. But, the, the, but I,
2: t- I I don't the, disagree with The democratization with you,
0: Tyler, of surf t- of the democratization of surf media has made it affordable for other people to realize my surf culture is not being represented in the magazine. They don't represent me. What they cover and what they do that's, that's a, not my surf experience. It's, that's it's a slightly upwards. different
2: issue from why Surfer failed. And and I think the I think the I think the thing that it's really not to apologize for them but you've yeah. got a, a you know a money-making thing at 12 issues a year and it, that, that's been that way for 40 years or whatever had it had been um that's hard it's it's really hard for that tiger to change its stripes it should have they should have somebody should have yeah. said we change our stripes or we look at two or we look ahead to 2020 when it's going to fold but you know it's still really hard they saw that model they you know they just clung to that model until um the model sunk beneath them well then that's an,
3: that's another question then like it's kind of a two-part one you know one are there any current which current surf magazines do you think will will last for a, a, a while
2: surf well, world. why do you is, is it even plural isn't it just one left yeah <laughs> no, yeah surf world that's
3: now surfing world. By,
0: surfing world that's owned by um sean uh doherty yeah so that's potential uh surfing life surfing life edited by jed smith is in pretty decent hands at the moment um do those magazines get to
2: america or no
0: it's It's online does it matter is it a magazine no i guess i guess i guess that's the
3: thing that it's a two-part question like but the first question is because um oh god for, for, for some real big name on, uh, maybe it was Long Tom on Beach Grit, kind of was was, was talking about what kind of model will work and he said you get what you pay for, blah, 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 if you're going for the advertisement route. But but I guess the question is, will Surfer's Journal still last for a while? Will surfing, your know, SW still last for a while, and the others? And then if they do, brilliant, why will they last? And then the other question is, um, which model of media is the best way to go, but yeah. I'm, the first question is: I'm curious, will the surf magazines, the tangible ones, still last?
2: I I think the journal. How, how many ads does the journal have? Six, and then they're depending on, what is it, twenty bucks a pop if you buy a, if you buy an issue or an mm. issue. Yeah,
3: they are getting that. Yeah.
2: So Surfers Journal, I think will be. Surfers Journal, I think, is definitely viable. It's got a just the the. It's got a rabid um base of people who support it it's also in a pretty big building like surfers journal i think as much as it seems like it's the sort of lean and it was it was the lean and you know the this the the leaner the leanest op- operation of the magazines in southern california but they could also you could you know sean i don't know if sean doherty where he's going to publish um he bought surfing world is that the one yeah like, yeah i mean look I run this whole operation, this encyclopedia of a surfing operation out of a guest room. You know, you can you can do a lot with a little and Surfer's Journal, I think, could, uh, could Surfer's Journal will keep going. I don't know right now, be, this sort of off on a tangent here because Nathan Myers was hired as editor. At, not anymore though. No, he, I'm saying he only yeah. lasted like six months and I'm not quite sure. Oh my sure God, right, really? Yeah. Right. And, and the uh, I'm not sure how involved the Pezmans are right now. There, I think they're sort of, enjoying their retirement
3: well i think Josh's son
0: is or uh, his son is involved though no well just
3: in the business like the, um yeah but that's it, or something. yeah no but, Sean, but steve got and a steve great did youtube write, channel by the way <laughs> yeah steve did write an article in the last issue in the latest
2: but issue. you know for all the years when surfers journal was at its at its peak those two steve and debbie were in the office every day yeah it. and you know and scott hewlett who i really like is um
0: or some say Hewlett.
2: He had a, uh, I think he had a stroke a couple of years ago or something. Yeah, he was he's sick. Recovered. He got really he's sick recovered from it, but he's he's reti- He also wants to retire. He wants to go down to Baja and fish and surf. You know, and, and he should. He's deserved that. So I, I'm a little unclear right now. I was going to come out really strong and say that Surfers Journal will always be the uh, the last man standing because they've got the best. I think they have the best business model. Um, but it does seem it's a little unclear right now who, who's who's doing it and brendan thomas i think is really busy running um Uh, golfer's journal (laughs) that's a shame i know
3: the (laughs) other the other argument made by the person i'm so sorry to you whoever wrote this article in beach grit earlier this week um he was saying that surfers journal might last for a bit longer but that's because there's still people like us you know who like that but maybe a younger generation you know they don't feel that same uh, love for, for print media
0: right i i would argue the difference being is they're privately owned they don't they're right. not beholden to an investment firm and right. my my personal belief are our investment firms are the root of most of the evil in the world right, right. Uh, personally fuck blackstone by the way um ceo makes 500 million dollars in a year that fuck that guy a anyway. magician that's like
2: twice what you make Tyler
0: <laughs> I couldn't you know, earn I... that in a hundred million <laughs> lifetimes really but Dude, I like, heard, heard today that the, the
3: top if you're making over a hundred thousand dollars a year you're in the top one percent earners of the world cool
0: of the world yeah but not, of the world not yeah. in not in the first not in where we are now yeah, but in, yeah. but the thing is um I would argue like because they were corporately owned for a long time that, that made the decision for them. Had they Absolutely. been privately owned by a passionate owner, Absolutely. they could continue. And I, it was interesting. So I was interviewing yesterday Ira Opper, um, many of you might know, who hmm. produced Surf Video Network and produced all the Surfer Magazine TV shows, which were our favorites. Uh, but we were talking about how that transition happened in 91, 92, from Pesman Publishing to Palladini and, Ira Opera was saying, oh, it just started getting more corporate then. And that's when he left too and stopped doing it. And you notice in the Surfer TV series uh, in 92, it's a totally different vibe. Sonny Miller kind of took that over a bit. Um, but that, I, that has something to do with it. I think if you're privately owned, you have an owner who's passionate about it, and it's not losing money but it's keeping afloat, I think you can keep it going. And that's where I think the Surfer's Journal could potentially keep it going. They need to evolve to more digital. They need to do more with that, I think. Um, but, and, but I think they could survive. I think Surfing World can survive if, if Sean Doherty has the funding and benevolent owner. Um, you know, that's, where the, diff- that's the difference. Uh, well, Surfer look- was owned by a company that didn't give a damn about surfing. You Look, know, let's be honest. They don't the care way,
2: about us. Here's the way to wrap this up, fellas. Um, if we reach under the the couch cushions and go deep and borrow from our our families and our parents and stuff, can we get the mel- the, the 30 million to buy Surfer and, and do it right? Was that all?
0: Is that it? I can't, really no, I, don't, I don't I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe
2: I might have missed a zero on there or something, but I I, I think Dude, that it'll, you know,
0: we, I'd we, pay we, that we, just for the collection. <laughs> <laughs> by but the way, no, that's, where um, is that collection going? By the way, where is I think the... it's
2: just gonna it's just gonna sit there. But you know, you're, the, the collection thinking toward thinking ahead is if if there because I think that the way to finish up here is is there a future for Surfer? Yeah. So right now, um, I think it's been somebody at Beach Squid reported that it's been up for sale for quite some time and no one's even bid. But the price will come down at some point, you know. And and what I think all you get if you buy Surfer, I think all you get is um, the name, the brand, and the Stoner archive and uh, the John Severson archive. So, um, No Griffin? Uh, it, uh, no, I think uh, I think his family got all that stuff. Uh, Maybe you get the Murphy ones or something. That,
0: that's worth something.
2: It's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's you're mostly buying the um and, and honestly at this point we've, we've seen almost all the stoner stuff i don't think you can just keep rehashing it you get the name you get to say that you're the oldest best you know best known brand and
0: in, in surf media and you know i keep can we talk briefly though why haven't any of the surf brands even acknowledged that surfer has folded on any of the social media quick billabong rip curl nothing silence you would think oh my god surfer folded we're going to post all our old ads we're going to reflect on this this has built our companies without yeah. surfer these companies would not be where they were nothing silence the new york but, times James. did
2: a piece i think
0: yeah no but none of the brands yeah, yeah. not quick billabong these guys built Don't, their look, whole brands on them
2: i um Every every fundraiser EOS has had to the
0: I know. It's like grabbing salt in the wound for you, isn't it? No, well not, no, not you wouldn't in want it here then. Salt in the say. wound, but
2: if if they if they did do anything for Surfer, it would just I don't know, you know. Be
3: worse. Yeah.
0: Know. I don't know. Pay some lip service at least. Like it yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. to me, it just shows those companies particularly. Don't give a fuck about surfing. They don't care about us. Yeah, but how many They don't care about what we do. They're how not original anymore, anyway. Yeah. But now,
2: none of them are owned by. They've all been sold, right? I mean, it's, it's
0: by not, investment uh, firms who ruin everything.
2: But but uh, <laughs> but but you. But if you, oh, hold on, mini emergency. Um, but you can't fault you can't fault an investment firm for you know I don't care, who cares if an investment firm's going to put a few hundred thousand dollars into a into a, uh, a tribute ad or a tribute video to surfer I mean, they don't care like i you know if exactly it was they a don't surfer, care huh? they
0: don't care so why should we as surfers support you know, brands would like that be, why, why would should be we be surprised by it why would i be surprised because i thought that some people who work there had some connection to actually surfing and that might care about it and also from a pure marketing standpoint yeah do you yeah, want to yeah. stamp your cornice yeah. or to make a stamp and and you know connect to your heritage maybe and right. to to portray a story or an image at least of caring but well, i mean do.
3: i think that's that's i think that's beautiful it's speeding up the realization of uh reality and the the realization that actually it's not the companies which matter right, it's the, right. the people like us who do it for love you know who well, true, and care then, about it I mean, we're doing a whole thing about it And
2: yeah i mean look i don't want to like again not to sort of put the camera on us or, or, or eos but um two thousand people paying to have to, to to keep encyclopedia of surfing going uh at three bucks a month is peanuts compared to anything that surfer ever did but that i think is going to end up being maybe what we all you know maybe that's going to be sort of the way it goes for a while um, Beach beach has got its audience and eos has its little thing and Um, Neither one of them are corporate owned and both of them feel um, uh, sort of unfiltered and true to what the people who, I mean, it's, you know,
0: um, I guess, I guess I'm annoyed. I'm sorry, but I am annoyed at these brands because Billabong's catch line is only a surfer knows the feeling. These assholes have made money off us. They have, they have projected this image, our whole lives, my whole growing up, everything is based around a lot of the stuff they fed me. To see it, to see them not give a damn is heartbreaking and disturbing and sad and frustrating. And I, I think uh, they should be giving some sort of acknowledgement because most of them, oh, their success to it. And it's, it's, it's sad. It just, it, it bums me out it makes me think we are definitely not cohesive and it also makes me feel like
2: we're not cohesive and also, no, no, and no, no. also if they did if it you had one you of those corporate owned companies that was running some big hey man surfer you know we've been with surfer since since the beginning and surfer made us and and I I would be just as outraged at them uh paying this bullshit lip service to surfing I I, I don't think I'd feel any better about that necessarily you know it's no, just another I would, you know what I would I would call feel it. a lot more and,
0: comforted Really? i mean you, you know yeah.
2: tyler
3: tyler you know what i would call it if they, right. if they did what matt just described
0: What, right. you know <laughs> appropriation
3: no oh, grassroots
0: grassroots grassroots yeah. grassroots yeah. tom curran surfer's journal yep. money on green blue on green right what was it that? that was my that was my interview yeah. with him That's only right. interview
2: i interviewed tom all those times and it was all every one of them was just couldn't have been any flatter couldn't have been any just have you one listened one to dave Prodens interview with so, him Huh?
0: <laughs> did you listen to Dave Proden's interview with him on no. his, his podcast? Oh my God, it's painful. <laughs> yeah,
2: he never liked it. Did you remember? Did I? Did I post the one of him? Did I post on EOS the one of him with Matt George where uh, Tom's wearing like the, the the brand new right out of the right out of the uh, bag op stripe button up? Yes, shirt. Yeah, that was some, that's some amazing, amazing surf stories. Surf stories. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, and how just like uh, uh. But there I mean, was one a, thing. Tom
3: Curran did. He was really like two different people because some of his interviews were like what you just described, but some were like the one you did. Like and then the one, the one, one that, um, the
0: the one one that you did. did, Tyler, was amazing. With him live with Sonny Miller. That's the best interview with Tom Curran ever. Oh, I never, I never saw it. it. Yeah. It's, okay. We just viewed Searching for Tom Curran the first time in theater with Sonny Miller and Tom Curran, 2012. Then I got to do a live Q&A with him and Sonny, and Sonny balanced him yeah so it was and he was much more relaxed
2: tom is really funny when he wants to be he's really got a great sense of humor so
0: fucking funny i yeah. started bringing up like obscure sh- stuff and he right. had the wittiest stuff but anyway sorry
3: now, before this goes too far and yeah. i mean too too long um yep. i know you were trying we're trying to wrap it up sh- shall we do a stump my bro and matt perhaps you if none of us can get the answer you jump in with and see if you can do it, but you can't just jump in. You can't play. You get like so second, second dibs.
2: I can't be, you, I can't be stumped my step bro.
3: Well, I, this, all the stuff I got <laughs> today, stuff step. you've okay, written okay. anyway. So Go ahead. You guys. this is, this is a check your, your memory. Okay. This is a okay. man, woman, car thing or whatever it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Stump away.
3: Right, well, who's going first?
0: You,
2: Jane, uh, like age okay.
3: before beauty. I mean, I I had three. Um, wait, wait, wait! Uh, we have to do.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do one. Dump my, my bro. bro. I have to have yeah. the whole echo effect. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I like right. Tyler. I
3: like how you have the music come on, and then it, it as like an encore. We do stuff, My Bro." It's like a Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> right, All right. Uh, okay, so. I mean I have got a maybe or it's chuffed to, It's there's three I want to choose from, but we just want to do one each, don't we? Okay. So what surf magazine did Rick Griffin, you know, the artist who we were talking about before, who's you know, did Murphy, but then went on to be a psychedelic uh art god in uh, San Francisco with the
0: uh, what's with the San Francisco Five? What you our crumb, baby. Crumb and um all That's those Claire great Zap comics. Those. Zap comics. I remember I mean, just a quick detour here. So that, you just yeah. answered
2: the question. Right? No, 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 no. That's yeah. not the
0: question. But quick question. detour here. What's the detour? Detour here. In college, I was taking a art history class, and they, did a whole, they watched a whole video on Art Crumb and Zap Comics, and Rick Griffin was in it. And I was just like, I felt so cool for a second. <laughs> Have
2: either like, of you guys seen an, an issue with Zap Comics? <coughs> <So
0: they've, laughs> um, sleek Zeke
3: the Peak and uh, hot, hot and Glassy.
2: No, no, no oh, Zap that was, comic. That was No Zap, the the actual Zap comics. So if you were a kid in uh, that came out in probably sixty eight or sixty nine, if you got your hands on a Zap comic, it was because um, it was outrageous. Like, like yeah. uh, I mean, the 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 uh, the, the sexual graphicness content, of it, the, s- the sex of it, the drugginess of it, the <laughs> whole. And it was like super funny, but really violent and it was nuts like just nuts and uh um yeah griffin griffin was part of that but griffin like to me when i think of zap it wasn't griffin griffin's sense of humor didn't like he had that kind of murphy when 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 rick got born again and psychedelic it wasn't funny anymore you know he was kind of funny earlier earlier on but there were other people in the zap thing and i don't i don't even know how long zap lasted for it was only really good for a few issues but uh it was like to me especially if you were 10 or something like it was the (laughs) uh you it was it just literally was mind-blowing to see so if anyone can you know go online and and look up zap comics one and two and page through it and and um i mean um, these
3: these days as a as an elementary school teacher if we heard that our 10 year old kids were reading zap comics we call social services yeah it was... <laughs> with, yeah with good reason it's pretty it's fucked up yeah
2: Wait, so but you turned out was, all right <laughs> what was jamie's question
3: oh yeah sorry gosh let me remember okay yeah i've got it right here let me make sure i choose the right one uh, <laughs> okay so now we know who rick griffin is um what surf magazine did rick griffin make his debut tyler not matt isn't it Surfing Guide? Was it Surfing Guide? No. Do you want to? No. Um, do you want to take another stab, Man, and then I'll give you a hint, sure. Tyler? Yeah. What's the hint? Give me a hint. Um, all right. It was a single edition ma- magazine. Oh, jeez. But it was meant to be a. It was. It was meant to be an annual thing, and uh, it was published by Greg Knoll.
0: I don't know it. I'm sorry, you, you know, it's out of my wheelhouse of expertise to a certain extent.
3: Right. I will say, maybe this might help Matt, but he probably knows the answer. I got it from your 1995 Surfer's Journal article, Articles of Faith, 35 Years of Surf Magazine, An Insider's View. Are you Matt? asking me now? Now, yeah, do you know the answer?
2: <laughs> I knew that it was Greg Knowles Magazine. Hold on. But I thought, Hold on, not, let me, are let you let me not me allowed to database. look stuff up? No, 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 I wasn't. I was letting my cat in. Uh, let me just we check. We can see you reaching here. for your, uh... um, <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, it's not reef, is it? No reef, reef
3: was, that was my other question. That was the first surf periodical before surfer magazine. Um, what was the that, name of that, Greg Knowles
2: magazine? I, I, I can't remember the name of it.
3: It, it was just surfers annual. <laughs> Super's annual.
0: Okay. Super's ah. annual. Okay. Well, here's my stunt, my bro. How many pages were in the first issue of Surfer?
3: What? What? The, what, the, what a weird question.
0: It's in the EOF. <laughs> it, it's a little. Yeah. T- it's, if you had gone down one of the. Uh, uh, lanes it's it's in the forties.
3: It was forty something. Forty five, I'll say. Thirty six. Thirty six.
2: Okay. Yeah. What's on the back cover of the first issue of Surfer? Oh,
0: geez, in this crowded world, photo.
2: Got no. it. it no that's the inside back that's cover. the inside, inside back cover. um okay i'll give you i'll give you a hint what was john severson's motivation to make that magazine
3: oh one of his uh, to advertise his uh his surf film <laughs> there you yeah. go so uh, back cover was
0: surf fever what yes
2: Ding 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 ding
0: oh yeah you are the champion yeah. of chocolate chips Jamie. Just tell you. <laughs> tyler you're not gonna
3: like do you remember when i beat you at knock hockey when i was 14 and i was like yes yes you really gonna go into high school tomorrow and <laughs> tell everybody everyone, about
0: it? you're really gonna go into school tomorrow and tell every or on monday and tell everyone that you're the champion of stump my bro yes i will actually
2: <laughs> hey jamie I, have any of your kids heard the joint <laughs>
0: Uh, You'd rather yeah, they not
3: a few few minutes and they just <laughs> uh, yeah they were actually the first um one where Tyler sent it to you know the really long one um where you could see us talking my my son just like, and was huh and Bonnie my daughter she was interested because she just wanted to see Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I but a lot of I've, I've a lot of uh teachers at my school actually when they, they said so you know like what'd you do this summer and everything like that I said well, started a podcast and they're like what and they said is it about surfing and I did, said yeah. did you but yeah <laughs> who, who didn't start
0: a podcast I know but I I gotta say Matt what was it like before we turn out, like Wait, I wanna know Tyler, if,
3: Tyler, don't you do have a stump question, don't you?
0: I asked you it. Or oh right, 36. 36, 36, yeah. Sorry. I wanna ask though, um, what was it like working in the office? I, you know, like as a kid, I I really did want to actually go work at Surfer for a while. Like that was a dream of mine, and I, it it was an unrealized dream. Um, this is probably closest I'll get to that, I guess. But um, you know, what what was it like? what especially in your time period like what so the smells, i was there from, the people what what t- just give us a little overview of it cause I, I was there
2: from 86 know. to 90 mm-hmm. and um i got hired by pesman steve pesman and uh paul holmes was the editor i was whatever it was assistant editor or something like that and um one of the things I remember when well, not the first year, cause I was too, I was too low on the, um, hierarchy, but starting the second year surfer used to get six passes a year from camp Pendleton to drive into, to be able to drive onto the base. Oh my god! So year two, I got my dashboard pass because this cardboard thing that you kept in your glove compartment. And when you, have you guys ever been to trestles before? I mean,
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Have you ever, ever driven, driven on base?
3: Right. So uh, you go No,
0: up. just walked. <laughs> now, you, <laughs> so, when you
2: say base, do you mean like south of San Onofre, or the
3: like? On, no, like no, driving that, that's to part trestles. of the base too.
2: But the the uh, the entrance. If you're going to go surf uppers, hmm. um, you pull off this off ramp. And if you want to go to uh, San Onofre, you go to the next off ramp, and to surf Sano you turn right, and to, to go onto the base, you turn left, and you go up to this little guard shack you put your uh, cardboard thing on the dashboard and they salute you and you get to go park at uh, church. And, you know, it's, and when I got that, probably even more than my, you know, whatever I was earning about what I'm earning now, but it was like, I've made it. I've arrived. Like I am, I've got a base, I've got a pass to drive on to, so that was like the greatest thing that it. I, I, that was the perk. That was the, that was the, like, I, I must've had health insurance back then, but who cared? I was 25, but getting a pass to drive into Trestles was just a, was a
0: miracle. Uh-huh. Drive in there with um, Thompson's ex-girlfriend at the time. Or-
2: <laughs> I was working with <laughs> the, did I did. I'm not sure I must have told you this, but like once after that, By the way- you know, after, after Sarah dumped, so Sarah dumped Michael for me and then she dumped me for I don't know what, uh, but at one point, about two years after that, Michael and I were walking back from Lowers together. Did I say this last time we talked? No,
0: no. Michael
2: and I were—I—I—I'd I'd been steering clear from him for two years. I was terrified, and you know, I didn't think he was going to like beat me up or anything. But he was just a, a scary human being, and I knew that he—you know—he—he he knew <laughs> that I was the one who his girlfriend had left him for. But we're walking back from Lowers in the in the twilight, and he caught up to me or I caught up to him. We just spent the time, we spent the walk from lowers to church. Cause he also had a pass to get in somehow. And we just talked and shot the shit. And like, I go, okay, everything's fine now. He doesn't hate me. It's like, you know, we, we, we'd move past it. And I ended up doing a little bit of, of work for him. We never, ever once said her name or anything. It didn't, you know, it was just a, it was a done thing, but I remember being really, really, really relieved. My time yeah. at Surfer was Jeff Devine. Steve Pesman, uh, Paul Holmes, and uh, an art director named Jeff Gerard. And I think yes. I wrote in the Sunday joint that for me, it really felt like um, it was creative some days, other days it wasn't. It was um, surf clubby because Steve Pesman would come to my office at 1130 and instead of saying, uh, or he'd come to my office at lunch and say, you know, why aren't you surfing? It's, it's Trestles is good right now, and he would like my boss would tell me, get out of here and surf, you know, because he would he was going to go surf, and so it was sort of had a surf club vibe to it. We all went out in the water a lot together, which was great. Steve Steve was an incredible person to work for, um, and there was you know just all the inner office stuff like any other place with the you know romance and the feuds and the all the backbiting and all that shit and all of the alliances and all of the petty stuff it was like it was like that episode of the office you know so i i loved it but when i left in um in 1990 i'd gone as far as i felt like I could, I could do with it and i as i i think also said in the joint you know when i came to surfer in 85 it was in not great shape and
0: yeah
2: when i handed it off to steve hawk in 1990 end of 1990 it was in better shape and then steve made it better than i did it was also really true for me throughout that whole period that um, I always knew that I was working for Surfer. It meant a lot. It meant it meant so much to be uh, part of it. It was like this big honor and responsibility. And um, I always, always wanted the, the issue I was working on to, to improve on the one before. I mean, I, I loved having all those issues lined up in my office because so I could just sort of see how the mm-hmm. progress was, where it worked, where it didn't work. And everything I do with Encyclopedia of Surfing today—not everything, but gosh, eighty percent—feels like I kind of learned or began learning during that period at Surfer, right? So it was, it was great. I was—it was a couldn't have been a better work experience. And um, and I hope that everybody who worked there before and after, I hope you know, had a, a similar good experience. Um, and I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it clicked. I'm really glad that it's—it's it's so funny because when you told me, Tyler, that that Jamie was uh, collecting up these articles that I'd done from that period. Like,
0: you know, that was just for our listeners, by the way, my brother made this, uh, um, you know, anthology uh, magazine for me, of all Matt Warshaw's greatest profile articles from the eighties. And it's beautiful and lovely. And probably one, you know, that and the Tom and Wayne Lynch one that you did too, or like, the greatest gifts ever and uh yeah I have to say, it does, so does cool. feel a
3: bit weird now that i kind of know you matt well, But, but, but <laughs> is, easier when you're. wasn't two-dimensional
2: <laughs> i wasn't saying like uh i wasn't saying that like um look how good of a it was just like it was hard back then because all we would get occasionally was a few letters dumped on our desk from people who were saying they liked it or didn't like it or whatever and and now everything is so 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 instantaneous Instant. but when i hear that that Jamie, you know, did that for you something 30 years ago. It's like, man, you know, people were reading it and people liked it. And I sure, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, um, I lived for those magazines, man. You know, I mean, that was part of my identity as a surfer. And uh, I'm, I'm super proud and, um, that I was able to be part of it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I don't miss it on the, I'm not going to miss it sort of daily. But it feels like there's a little hole. There's a, definitely a hole out there that won't be filled. You know, some something just died, and it's that's it. Getting
0: yeah. a little verklempt. We got your <laughs> in and connective joints here. Thanks Talk amongst me, yourselves. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Let me give you a topic. Surfers, neither wave riders or people, whatever. Go discuss. You know. Um, well, uh, I really, I, we really appreciate you coming on. And discussing oh. this with us, um, yeah, you know, Super it's fun. a it's a pretty seminal moment in surf history, I think. Uh, not only passing of surfer, but also passing of Michael Thompson, and and kind of glad you were able to share that story with yeah. us briefly. And and Duke um,
3: Boyd as well, and
0: Duke Boyd. It's so been it's, a hell of a week, you know. And, it's been a yeah. hell of a year, <laughs> and Johnny Nash as well. Jeez, so I mean, um, yeah, so it was special, and and we appreciate you. You joining us uh, for this? Um, If I might be so bold and cheesy, can I um, can I walk us out with a, a quick little quote from John Severson, a very well known one, and it's been repetitive and done over and over, but I think it's kind of fitting. In this crowded world, the surfer can still seek and find the perfect day, the perfect wave. And still be along with his hers or their thoughts, John Severson. I modernized it a little bit to be very inclusive.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's great isn't that the isn't that just the best? I, I think I wrote something about saying how can you be that specific and that timeless like yeah a, you know it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little piece uh, and um, yeah, that's the way to go out.
0: It's great and um, yeah, we're psyched. Uh, That we had Surfer in our lives and um, you know, uh, it's clearly shaped all of us in one way or another and I think all surfers should, should pay tribute to it because it's part of their DNA and yeah, we're grateful for it. So thank you to all the staff, all the publishers, everyone who's ever contributed to Surfer. I know I'm really appreciative of everything you do. And even though I might have been critical and harsh at times in my life and even on this show, I still loved Surfer magazine and love it still. And I still look and thumb through all of them. So long live Surfer magazine.
2: Long live Surfer. Thanks, you guys.
0: All of us to all of you. (laughs) Take it out, Beatles. (laughs) (laughs)
2: good night (laughs) the end bye guys
0: bye